Welcome to the Do Business Better podcast, the place for ideas you can implement to achieve prosperity. You'll get insights from successful business people on how they do business better. You'll glean tactics on creating a life and business by choice because we interview real business people who've done just that. Now here's your host, Damian Mason. Hello and welcome to the Do Business Better podcast. It's me, Damian Mason. You knew that. You tuned in. You heard the introduction already. I won't bore you. I got a great guest today. Her name is Michelle Klieger. Michelle is the founder of Stratagerm Consulting, an agricultural and business consulting firm. You might see her sometimes if you're on social media. If you keep up my stuff, sometimes she's chipping in there also. She has worked throughout the food and agriculture sector for more than a decade. She's an economist, a consultant. She's worked with specialty meat companies, global seed industry. That's one of her biggies. She was in Washington, D.C. for the American Seed Trade Association, something you probably don't know much about. She works with vertical farmers, organic companies that are selling. Basically, she's got a lot of understanding of the technology of stuff that's yet to come in this business, but she makes her living now as a consultant. She's a well-educated woman. She has a master's in agricultural economics from Purdue University. I only have a bachelor's degree in such uh, such a major from the same place, in fact. And she's got her MBA also from Indiana University's Kelly School of Business. Michelle Klieger, welcome to the Do Business Better podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, we can talk about your biographicals, but the main thing is the people that listen to this podcast, they're business people. They're small business people, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs. They own businesses. They work for themselves, or they want to have their own business or be better at business. You took the big leap just one year ago. Tell me about that. What were your, What was your whole thing? Why'd you do it? Sure. So I um, am interested in food and agriculture. You saw my bio. It includes a lot in that field. My family was moving to the Northeast. Um, and so it was a few things. One, there's a lot of agriculture technology in the Northeast that I wanted to be a part of. And two, uh, in communications with a lot of those technology firms, I realized that they were missing the background in agriculture to really make those businesses succeed. So I decided that in order to stay in agriculture, enter this new space and live in the Northeast, that I was going to try it on my own. Okay. So a uh, consultant, isn't there an old joke about a consultant? A consultant is somebody with a briefcase and, and, and uh, you know, a flip phone or something. I don't know. Uh, what do you, what do you offer? Tell me like what you do in one sentence. Sure. So I take all that technical information about food and agriculture and I help make it digestible for my clients. So either, oh, go ahead. No good. So good. So either explaining it in a way that makes sense or at least getting them to the point where they understand why it's important and then I can provide solutions based on that information. You're awesome, by the way, Michelle. I said, give me what you do in one sentence and you only used a paragraph. So eventually we'll always, because, you know, I talk to entrepreneurial people and I say, can you describe what you do in one sentence? And that's a challenging thing. And that's the lesson for the listener right here. I've, I've gotten better at it, but it's still a struggle for all of us because you've got multiple things you do and you want to make it so that it has the value proposition to the prospect as well as the description. And then usually if it's too out there, it needs to be relatable. You know, it's the old thing of what's that like, or, you know, who are you like? And sometimes you're not like anybody. One of my favorite things. Elvis Presley went in to cut his first record. The record producer said, who do you sound like, son? He said, 
I don't sound like nobody. <laughs> so it's, sometimes it's hard to describe what you do if you're very unique. Uh, all right. So your, your clients, the people that you seek to get revenue from, and I know you always want more of them. You're in your first year. All of us that are in the service business want more clients. We want more revenue. What are you doing to get that clientele base built up? So I have... Uh, reached out or tried to be on agendas uh, in front of my target audience as well as writing for publications that they read or uh, building out my own content. I found that you know one of the best business development tools I have is my own voice and so the more I can get it out there the more opportunities I have to meet with potential clients. So if you're at a if you're at a business meeting and uh, on a stage kind of things that I do you believe okay I get a, I got up and I talked about uh, you know what my expertise is and now these people are going to hire me as a consultant that's the uh, that's the objective right? That is the goal, but it turns out there's quite a few steps in the middle there. I'm finding out. Yeah. So you're selling something when you're a consultant and obviously I know what this is like because I get paid to do speeches. You've got to be able to describe it. And then what's the value proposition? And it changes from one person to the other. There's always a different sort of need for this client or that client. What have you learned? I have learned that I need to keep adjusting to meet what the client is looking for. Um, you know, in the vertical farming space, which was really the, where this all started, um, it turned out that I thought I was providing a solution and most of the people I was talking to didn't even know that there was a problem. Um, and so I really had to adjust that conversation to explain the problem. And then I really had to broaden out my services because it wasn't just one problem they were having. It was a much bigger picture that needed all of those pieces to be addressed uh, in order for them to succeed. Yeah. So the issue there is, and this is what happens, I think, for all of us, especially in your early years, you have this solution. Uh, but it might be to a problem that they don't have or a problem that they didn't realize that they have. You know, there's a lot of folks out here selling solutions. And I said, well, I don't, I don't need that solution. So your, your thing now is do you communicate the problem? Do you, do you say, Hey, you have this issue or do you just say, okay, you don't have this issue. I'll go over here and fix this other one. What's your, what's your role? What's your, no, it's definitely communicating the problem. Um, in, in uh, several different ways. I mean, one, it's continuing to uh, give examples of how my solutions have helped other growers um, as one option. And two, you know, really speaking at the, at the meetings and working with conference organizers, I'm not the only one that's finding um, that this information is lacking. And so it's really not just about building my business right now, um, obviously long-term goal, but I would also like to build up the importance of the knowledge I'm giving. And then hopefully when there's broader recognition, I'm the face of that conversation. That is okay. So what we're always trying to do, all of us is try to show the, the marketplace that our value is X and, and all of this and that. Uh, what have you done right in, in demonstrating your value? I mean, where, where have you said, man, oh man, this really worked out. What have you done right? 
So I moderated a panel a few weeks ago, and then after the panel, I took the salient points that either I made, the panelists made, or the questions that came from the audience, and I put them in a one-page graphic. Um, so it you know, was easy to understand. It had highlights that the audience thought was interesting, and I shared it broadly on social media. I sent it to everyone I spoke with at the meeting and said, these are some of the points that I found and some of the takeaways that might help you. And then I've also shared it with Department of Agriculture people I know or people that weren't able to attend the meeting that I think that information might be useful for. So I think that's worked really well in having follow-up conversations from that speaking opportunity. You're selling a service. You are a service provider. And as a service provider, you've got to always realize they can't touch the product. They can't, they can't, it's harder to compare the product. How do you set yourself apart from someone else? Differentiate. Uh, so, um, I mean, I, it's, it's not just in the knowledge. I actually think that you're one of your other podcasts said that recently, you know, everyone that's competing with me understands the knowledge. Um, and so I'm really going for uh, accessibility, ease of understanding, and providing that solution. So um, giving a ready-made package. This is what has worked with my other clients. This is you know, the problem. Here's the solution. Um, and letting the client or potential client determine the level of engagement they want to have. Five years ago, you're working for in a traditional sort of job and you're using all the advanced education you have. Did you see yourself doing this? I don't think I did, but I think that if you asked most of my family, they would are not surprised. Okay. And so you, you've always kind of had an entrepreneurial work for myself, self-employed sort of mentality, even though you didn't realize it. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Uh, whether it's side jobs or, you know, having a green market stand at my dad's business or coming from a family of entrepreneurs. Okay. Lesson you've learned in your first year. Um, that there are big steps forward and little steps forward and big steps back and little steps back. And you just need to balance them all out. The steps backward can't slow you down or, uh, you know, end the progress and the steps forward are really just steps forward. You don't really know where you're going. All right. And I know that you read my book, which I really appreciate it. And in my book, I say there's the four unwavering traits of entrepreneurial success. And I don't believe a business plan or a mission statement are either of either, or either of those things are required. I said, risk tolerance, drive, resilience, and vision, which one of those most describes you? I'm going for resilience to fit back into the last question. Um, and I think at this stage, it's definitely resilience in that, you know, making those pitches, getting those yeses, getting those no's. Um, I think that there's probably something to be said for risk tolerance since I did quit my job and move a thousand miles away and know absolutely no one. <laughs> um, and that doesn't terrify me as much as I think most people. So um, those two. Okay. So, uh, what are you finding? So, uh, you you're, you wake up stressed or you say, no, I got this uh, at the one year mark. You say, I got this or you say, Oh geez, I'm over my head. Um, it depends on the day. 
But by the way, I love that you just said that because most people that command their own ship, whether it's first year or for me, 25th, starting my 26th year next month, I'd say there's days I think, man, I got this. And there's days I think, Oh Jesus, I'm over my head. Oh boy. Am I doing enough? Oh, I haven't done this. And so there's always that thing that, cause there's always, when you work for your own business, you could work every minute of the day. And that's definitely one of the things that's been the biggest adjustment this year is I think that first day of each month is the best and the worst day because on the first day of the month, I am excited about all of the new things I have planned for myself um, and the clock restarts on how much money I made. And so like the last day of the month, I'm like, yes, I made money. And the first day starts over and we're back at zero again. So, so uh, you talk about money and there's people that say, well, there's, there's more to life than money. I say, well, when you start your own business, uh, it's pretty darn important because you're spending money to get yourself promoted and to create all the things you have to do and your website and all that stuff. And so you have to have revenue coming in the door. One of my big things is goal setting. You know, I do them in three categories of business, financial, and personal. Do you set goals? I do. Did you have a goal in your first 12 months of what you wanted your gross revenue to look like? I didn't. What other, what goals did you set? I'd like you, I'd like you to share them. Sure. Um, so I, there were a couple agendas that I did want to get on. Um, I am actually glad that I didn't set that revenue goal. Cause I think it's harder to reach than that magic number that I did have in my head. Um, and I have actually continued to try to find other metrics outside of revenue. Um, so whether it's, you know, introductions or business meetings or, um, publications, I've now been in more than 20 publications this year. So that's a metric that I've been using. Yeah. So at the end of your first year, what grade do you give yourself for your goals? I give myself, I mean, not coming close to any, not hitting a revenue goal. I think it's hard to give myself an A because I really want to push it over. Um, but you did some other good stuff. You got but, I, but I did. I spoke on, you know, agendas literally around the world. I, you know, have meetings set up with CEOs. So I'm definitely getting there. I have huge growth in followers, um, on multiple social media platforms. I'm on podcasts now. So definitely building out that brand, um, which I don't know would have been my initial goal at the beginning of this. Right. That's the thing is goals always move, but especially early on, I'm sure Michelle, you said, I thought this was going to be really important. It turns out it's not, but over here, this thing I didn't even recognize is way important. Is that what you discovered? I did. I thought that I would be really focused on closing deals in the vertical farming space. Um, and that has been harder to achieve. And so, but I've seen great success in writing and making money off of my writing and moving forward in that direction. You talked about social media. Everybody right now that's listening to this podcast knows if they've got their little business or they've got their self-employment existence, they've got whatever it is that they're doing, they probably say, oh my, I have to be involved in social media. What have you done that you said, boy, this was really the right move to make? And what have you done wrong when it comes to your social media presence as a small business person offering her services as a consultant? 
So I think finding the right platform for you um, is very important. And I picked LinkedIn. They're looking to be much more of a social platform. Um, I, I don't understand Instagram. I know I should because of my age, but I just don't. So I've avoided it. Um, but picking a platform that works for you and diving in. Um, and by diving in, I don't think most people have any idea how much time it takes to be on social media um, from a business perspective. So, you know, you can't just post. You really need to engage with people. Everybody that comments on something I write, I respond to them. Maybe it's a thank you. Maybe it turns into a debate. Um, it's not just promotional. It really is. Fighting on, social media, fighting on social media is a ridiculous concept. I've found myself lured into it before. It doesn't really accomplish anything. And people, it depends on the format. I've noticed uh, Twitter's toxic. There's people that, uh, that uh, you're like, I said, I said it's a number of people. I said, you wouldn't say that if I was standing here. Oh, now you're threatening me. I said, I, well, first off, if you did say if I stand there, I'd knock you on your ass. But, um, <laughs> yeah, LinkedIn, of course, is a more professional setting. And so you've worked that pretty hard and you're putting out things that demonstrate your technical expertise. Is that what you're doing? Yes. So the people that are listening right now that say, I want to start my own uh, consulting firm or my own service business. And I'm just like Michelle, uh, you'd say, pick your platform and exploit the heck out of it. Right? Yes. And learn what works and what doesn't work. Like pay attention to your posts. What does well, what doesn't do well. Um, and adjust. It's a harder thing. My wife points that out. She says, Damien, people don't realize social media is kind of part of your job uh, because you have a tremendous following and you're always creating new ideas, putting out new stuff. And you've got to make sure that uh, you're, you're active out there. I say, yeah, it's probably a couple hours a day to be honest, mm -hmm. because it's just, uh, it's part of the engagement. What, uh, what about creativity? You know, I'm a creative person. How important is creativity to your business? You said you write, you write articles and you do that for money and also to demonstrate your expertise. Are you pretty yes. creative? Um, I am not creative in an artsy way. I think I'm pretty good with words. I think I'm pretty good at thinking outside of the box. Um, I am able to get ideas down on what I want something to look for and then I ask for help on some, to making it look pretty. If I gave, and I ask a lot of people this, if you've listened to my podcast, and I'm sure you have, and I know you read my book, it's in there as well, but this is a really important thing because every person I ask this question always has an answer. If I gave you four more hours per week, I could just pull four hours out of the sky and give them to Michelle Klieger. How does she spend those four hours? So it feels like cheating because I have listened to your podcast and read your book, but I actually don't know what I would use them for. I leave the office every day and at four o'clock and I pick up my daughter and some days I leave early because I finish stuff. Some days I have a list of things I want to do tomorrow. By the time my daughter goes to bed, I am so happy she's going to bed. Yeah. Um, so we've definitely had our quality time. You know, I could say that I would clean my house more because I always want that, but I wouldn't because I hate doing it. I've stopped watching a lot of TV and started reading more because I prefer that. So I've made the time mostly by watching less TV um, to do the things I want to do. Yeah. And you know, everyone can say it. I would, I would probably read and write more 
And what that really means is I should be reading and writing more. And in my head, I'm just as guilty as many of us where I say, I know I should be reading and writing even more than I already do. And I do read and write as it is, but I know I should be doing more of it, which is why I'm saying, oh, well, it's just because I ran out of time. And well, that's not necessarily true. It just means that we, we mismanaged our time and we didn't put in there what we should have done. One piece of advice, one thought. I mean, you are, you're here, you've made it work, you're making it work. Uh, you know, you're not, you're not quite flush yet, but you're going to get there. What are you learning? What do you got? What's, what, what would you tell someone else? I would tell them to keep trying new things and keep looking for new uh, um, opportunities. Even if you think that it's a long shot, it doesn't hurt to apply, whether it's uh, to be a speaker, to go after a contract. Uh, it could be something crazy, like write a book, if that's crazy for you. Um, but trying new things because one, they might help skill develop skills and two, you just don't know where they're going to lead. And as I do bring this business together, it is a lot of different things that I've kind of tried on a whim. That's fantastic. Uh, any other closing thoughts? Or is that it? I'm excited wow. for you. Hey, I remember being there. I, I remember when I, my first day of self-employment, I got, a, I got up and I was excited. I didn't wake up to an alarm clock. I woke up about eight o'clock in the morning. I looked over my notes. I checked my answering machine. This was before there was even email or any such thing. Uh, went over and did a workout at the YMCA and came back and sat down at my desk and said, now what? <laughs> I better figure out how to make some dollars fall out of this guy. So I'm excited for you. Any closing thoughts? Uh, you know, last thing that you want to share? Um, I don't think so. I think that, um, are you going to make it? I am. I, I, I'm not entirely sure how, but I, there are, the momentum is definitely building in my business and in myself. And so, uh, I am riding that. And I have learned that at the end of these discussions that you always have to promote yourself. So that is the thing that is on my mind right now to make sure I squeeze that in. All right, Michelle Klieger, promote yourself. So I, you can find me at my website, michelleklieger.com. And if you go to slash DBB, there's a download for tips I've learned on LinkedIn. Um, my LinkedIn handle is my name and I'm on Twitter and Medium as well. You also have a company called Stratagerm, Stratagerm. So a person could Google Stratagerm and find you, especially if they need to know how to be in the vertical farming or indoor agriculture space, right? They, they could. That'd be a good place to look. Michelle Klieger is my guest. It's the Do Business Better podcast. Thanks for joining us. Till next time.